Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Lacelle. You're listening to Pressing On, real life in public relations. Join us as we navigate through our business adventures. An unscripted and authentic look at navigating your career in PR. Lacelle, do you remember being an intern? Yeah, can we not talk about that? No, that was the best part. I remember being baby Rach and I was super (laughs) awkward and did really weird things that were making me really embarrassed looking back nowadays. Yeah, I know. So I think we should call this episode Confessions of a Public Relations Intern. We want to make fun of some of our personal experiences from our early days in PR. The stories you're about to hear will likely embarrass us. However, we want this podcast to be raw and authentic because we want to help you navigate your career in PR. So for you seasoned pros that are listening, sit back and enjoy a good laugh. But remember that you likely have your own confessions from when you first started out in the field. And for those of you currently in school or working as an intern or just starting out in your career in an entry-level position, we hope that we can share with you a few gems that will help grow you as a professional. Number one, what does a PR intern do? Okay, if you're listening, these are legit items that you may have to do as an intern. Organize the storage closet, print FedEx labels, pick up items from the grocery store. Back in the Stone Age, I actually had to schedule a courier to deliver beta B-roll tapes to TV stations. And And I'm not that old. And I also had to fax pitches and actually call reporters. Like I had to pick up the phone and talk to them. Wow. So do you still fax things? That's what I want to know. I My fax machine hasn't worked in years. I don't even know how to do a fax, actually. <laughs> so I'm glad we You're moved, lucky. we've moved on from the days of faxing and beta tapes. But I pretty much did the same thing as you too, LaSalle. And now after overseeing several interns, I always make sure to stress to them that there is nothing they're being asked to do that I wouldn't myself personally do if there was no one there. Um, And all the things you just talked about are all of those things that starting out, you're gonna have to do and someone has to do it. And people still have to clean out a storage closet. They may not have to fax, (laughs) but they're gonna have to do that. There's still mail that goes out. So you may have to also help with mail. But with that said though, after surviving the basics of internships, the mailings, the errands, and whatever else was given to me, I made sure that I created meaningful work that the interns that I oversaw would benefit from and would try to help them define their skills and give them assignments to stretch stuff they could use in their portfolio, for instance. Because to me, there's nothing more frustrating than leaving an internship or a job for that matter with only learning what not to do. Internships are really valuable ways for those folks starting out to learn skills that will help them land their first jobs. In addition, they have the opportunity to work with a lot of seasoned pros who can help them potentially as mentors or introduce them to other people in their network for job purposes. So what was your worst PR assignment that you had to do as an intern? Well, this isn't the worst, but it's just one of those technology time warps that I used to work at um, Interscope Records in oh, cool. I didn't know you did that. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I used to work there um, when I was going to UCLA. The big thing for comm students was entertainment communications. So I ended up landing this internship, albeit awkwardly. I did an interview, and then they said they were making a decision the week after. So literally at 8 a.m. that Monday after, I called the woman. And <laughs> Looking back, I'm cringing now, and um, she said she said that she would give me the position because I was so eager that she literally hadn't even made a decision yet since she just got in the door, but <laughs> she could tell how passionate I was, and, and that's kind of how I got in. So yeah. 
I mean, looking back now, I recognize that sometimes that follow-up is a good idea, but not doing it at eight in the morning. That the was more day. of, yeah. You're ready to go. You're ready to I go. I was. I was really excited. But but there, what we'd have to do is we would have to load, they still had um, iPods, and we would have to load the iPods with songs. But the way the songs came on, it wasn't through where you would get them now, like through so the thing was back then when you had to load up songs it wasn't like it is now that where you could just go and download music quickly you actually had to have a cd put the cd into your computer load up all the music and then load it onto the ipod and the whole purpose of me doing this with several cds was so that the executives that were on interscope's team could listen to new artists and new music while they were traveling or flying so it was just a laborious process and i i was quick and i did it with a smile on my face and and now i just kind of marvel at how far technology has come i mean i'm dating myself but that was probably like 17 years ago so even having an ipod back then we thought we were so fancy with that in our flip phone and we could listen to everything and technology was so cool but looking back it seems so antiquated now yeah that's funny you mentioned that because my first internship was actually for a tech company in san diego and i agree we had cell phones the the company created cell phones and so um just thinking about what I would do when I would send these cell phones off as part of media kits to different reporters and how the phones have changed and how I thought it was so cool. We, they had a slider phone and there was a phone that was targeted towards the more outdoorsy person and it was like orange and gray. And um, now we're all walking around with basically computers in our pocket, but it has changed very, very quickly. So now I think it's time to tell some stories. I have three stories from my internship that stand out and I'm going to definitely embarrass myself. Maybe we can go back and forth. I'll tell one, you tell one. Does that work? Yes. I'm afraid I'm going to get really embarrassed. So I'm like want to crawl under the chair here, but yes, let's do it. I feel like all my friends have heard these already. So, okay. So my first story is I call it the hi Jacob email and and Jacob, Jacob was a real guy. He was a director of public relations and he was my supervisor. So I started this started this company and they set me up with email and I would email the subject line I would send always said hi Jacob and then I would write something in the body of the email so I have to send another email hi Jacob as a subject line I send an email later that afternoon or maybe it was I don't know maybe it was a couple days on the job I get called into the boss's office and he says I need to talk to you and he says the subject line of your email is not supposed to be hi Jacob it's supposed to be the subject of what your email is about. So that was pretty embarrassing. But again, like you said, Rachel, the internet was starting to be more widely accepted. We weren't, I wasn't really using email in college, to be honest. So this was my first experience of using email in the workplace. And you just don't know what you don't. So embarrassing now. You don't know. And that's always one of the funniest ones I remember you talking Hi, about. Hi, Jacob. And Jacob, if you're out there. Thank you for that life lesson. I now can write a subject line. Well, and we were trying to relay this story to an intern. I think you were still working with me um, when we were in government together. And the intern looked at us like we were crazy. This was just a few years ago. Like, what do you mean you thought that should be an appropriate email subject? But like, like you said, internet was just not a thing you had. I even remember in some of my first jobs, like there was only one computer and people had to like (laughs) take shifts. Take turns using it. It was a real thing. And I'm not sure that there's much of a lesson here because I try to to find something to learn from in all my mistakes. Um, 
But I guess, thankfully, I, I did learn how to write a subject line in an email, if nothing more. Yes, and and that's always important is just kind of learning those things and realizing that it's always okay to ask too. And, and now I think, you, you know, you would probably ask, hey, what do you want the subject to be? Are there certain ways? Because in business, certain agencies have certain ways that their um, subjects look. Some people like um, if something's going for review to put for review and then the title of the document versus just sending a hi, Jacob. So right, right. there's always a lesson. I know we already talked a little bit about that uncomfortable moment of me calling Interscope Records <laughs> at 8 a.m. that fine Monday morning. And that was one of those more embarrassing moments. I was always a pretty good intern. I think the one regret I have is I was super quiet and I didn't understand the the value in networking with people. So I would be very efficient and run around <laughs> doing all of these um, iPod downloads and, and doing whatever was needed. But I really wish I would have gotten more um, more value out of the networking side of it. But one thing that I still cringe about, it was actually in my first job right after the internship. And I went into my boss one day and I seriously asked her for a new bookshelf in my office because the one I had was a light oak color and it did not match the rest of my furniture. So therefore I thought that I should have something that matched because it, it made the office not look professional oh my gosh I'm just cringing because I still know this person now and lesson do not do not do that I know and she was really kind and I'm sure she was like what the heck is this person asking for because there was nothing wrong with the bookshelf yeah it functions it functions and it's a government agency so like in working in government too sometimes depending on the agency a lot of the stuff you get is old it's hand-me-downs it's been there for years but I just didn't realize that and I thought since everyone else has matching furniture me being the low woman on the totem pole should have matching (laughs) furniture too so I still am very embarrassed I I actually cannot see you asking for that so that's funny I don't know why I don't know what possessed me okay so my second confession of a PR intern is my Spongebob screensaver um first day on the job again I get called into the boss's office Jacob asks me to come in and he said I needed to change my Spongebob screensaver So the lesson here is don't rock the boat, especially on the first date. You need to feel out the environment and the team of where you're working. SpongeBob would have been fine for a job at Nickelodeon, but I was working for a conservative corporate America job. So yeah, I haven't had, I don't think actually that terrified me and I don't think I ever set up a screensaver after that. I don't even have a screensaver now. Yeah, you they were freaked me out. <laughs> you were really scarred from that. And I think another thing I'm scarred from too is I was a very awkward, mildly chunky um, college student. And I went to school at UCLA. And definitely, it's like the stuff you see in the movies. There was Sorority Row. And of course, that's where I happened to live when I was there. And you had these beautiful sorority sisters that were thin and tan and blonde. And then I came out trucking along in some Jordache jeans I got at Walmart. <laughs> Don't laugh. I, and, hey. and I would wear those to the internship, though, because I just, I mean, it was, at, it was at Interscope, so everyone was in jeans. But of course, mine were not the cool designer seven jeans that everybody had. I had my um, Jordache jeans. So that was kind of embarrassing, too, is I just never felt like in entertainment that I fit in. And ultimately, I just didn't feel like that was a good career fit. So as an intern, I really learned a lot and just seeing what was there, really what the offerings were, and realizing that that wasn't 
the right step for me to continue going down in my career with my Jordache That's jeans. smart. That's smart. My last story is about casual Friday. So again, while I was interning, I was told that Fridays were casual Fridays. And I decided to show up to work in my juicy velour jumper that was really in in the early 2000s. Those are coming back, by the way. Oh, shoot. I just got rid of it. No, just kidding. I think I got rid of it after I wore them for casual Friday. But um, I was, again, called into that boss was actually not in the office that day. But another boss um, kind of pulled me aside and said, it is not acceptable to wear pajamas at work. And I was horrified because I thought I was in a fancy fancy outfit um i never wore those again and i'm very cautious if there is a casual friday anywhere that i'm at so you need to dress for the occasion and that's really the lesson here casual friday is still business casual not gym casual um i think another really good tip and this has to do with how you dress at work is to you can always ask your supervisor if you're not sure how what to wear or what's appropriate but wear the right shoes especially if you're working an event like you're gonna you're gonna have to help set up. You're gonna need to go in in jeans, comfortable shoes, and then probably take a change of clothes. And 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 you can change into something else later in the day. But if you don't know how to dress, just ask someone. And then some overall tips as far as I think you have the wardrobe ideas down pat now. But this is one um, just to think about as being new in your career or as an intern that no assignment is beneath you, and attitude is everything. So. If you're in school or maybe you've recently graduated and you're eager to get into the real world and start your glamorous job in PR, slow down. Um, Your first job, we can guarantee you, will not be as glam as you have first envisioned it. And you've, you've obviously heard from us about our experiences. I agree. And and I had um, some concerns with some of the interns that I was um, working with prior and they would come in and think that they were supposed to be doing executive level work and not wanting to work and that was always a big red flag for me i had one intern and i was very clear with what the role in the department was to be but they all only wanted to do pr all day or only wanted to be out where they could be kind of uh, mingling with executive staff and when i would requests that they handled other assignments, they would not want to do them and would purposely almost, I feel like, do them in a way that was not correct. And um, it was, I was sad to learn that when I asked them, you know, what was happening and I said, do you realize that the executive team gets this information? The intern told me, oh, I only thought it was you. That doesn't make it okay to turn in work that's half-baked though. So really just having that same drive and same high level of doing your work that you would no matter who you're doing it for. Right. And to be honest, when you work in PR, regardless of the level, you will always have to take on tasks that seem basic. Um, I know this running my own business. And as an intern, own these basic tasks and do them well. If it's your job to count press kits, then count them with enthusiasm. If you have to organize, then organize and label and create a spreadsheet. You are there to learn, help your supervisor, and to serve as a support person to the people you get to spend time with. And always remember other duties as assigned. It may not seem so at the time, but you can learn something from any experience. So own it and be a self-starter with a positive attitude. Perfect. And tip number two is to volunteer. Volunteer to work on projects that brought in your portfolio. 
as you grow in your career and if you have a business, the more you volunteer, the more you learn is really going to benefit you. We do this all the time in our business is volunteer for different opportunities that are going to help us grow our skill set. And then it's something in the end that you can say that you have experience in. Agree. And that doesn't mean to sort of exert yourself into situations maybe where you weren't a part of the the process but if you see opportunities or you see a project that's being done in in your organization and you would like to be a part of that show that you're enthusiastic about your job and it doesn't matter what you'll be asked to do but you want to be a part of it part of it and you want to learn and to that too there's a lot of opportunities out there for professional development with associations i know the public relations society of america has a student chapter that's available to a lot of students at different schools and there's a lot of opportunities for leadership through there whether you're serving on the board for that organization or doing different types of events for them you're learning a lot of relevant skills that you'll use later on and it's not necessarily an internship but you're still getting those skills tip number three archive your work I always say if you don't have a photo of it, it never happened. This goes with all of the work samples that you do wherever you are. If you don't have a work sample, it didn't happen. But if you have a visual sample of your projects, you will be better able to sell your capabilities to a future employer or maybe even negotiate for a promotion. So I know sometimes this may seem like like slim pickings. If your job is just to do media monitoring, which is just a fancy way of checking publications online, checking for TV clips that come up. If that's your job to see if your organization got a placement in the news, save some of those samples and use that as not just, oh, I had to search online for news articles, but explain the process. What search terms did you use? Are you using Google Alerts to find the articles? These are all things that show more of the process and what you're capable of doing versus I just look online. And it's also good for these portfolios nowadays to have both digital assets and hard copies too. I think a lot of times we rely on just digital assets, but when you're going to show these in an interview, sometimes there's technology issues, there's things that happen. So it's always good to have a backup too, along with that, a backup of your resume, a printed copy when you're going to different interviews and such. Okay, and our final tip, number four, Find a mentor early on. It has been proven that having great mentors is one of the best things you can do to move your career forward. A great mentor can help guide your career and provide valuable advice and support. And um, to be completely honest, I didn't have a mentor at first. I always heard about it and they kind of sounded like these majestical unicorns that that just wandered and I didn't know where to find them. I really didn't and I was afraid to ask people. I just didn't know what to do and and kind of through more of an organic approach i was able to now have several great mentors that i work with and they're all at different levels in their career and it's really great to have several because some of them have strengths or can offer advice in different areas and i felt so strongly about it that i actually um, started a program through a professional organization i belong to to help mentor other professionals because it does make a difference and i know lasalle you have several mentors and also mentee as well i agree rachel i didn't really know what how to find a mentor when i was getting started in my pr career but what i did find was i identified people along the way that I wanted to learn from. And if I had questions, I know I could go back and ask them. And so I would say I I don't have just one mentor, but I have different ones 
that have helped me grow as I've grown my own business and just grew as a professional. And there's different ways, as I said, a lot of different associations have more established mentoring programs where they can pair you up with the mentor, or you might just start seeking out those people on your own. But this is definitely something that's lifelong. You don't just have a, a mentor for five minutes and your mentors can change, but no matter what process or no matter what step in your career you're at, you should have some mentors that are above you and be able to give you um, that sound advice and, and serve as a listening board. Well, that does it for this episode of Pressing On. Follow us between episodes on Insta at Pressing On NPR or our website, pressingonpodcast.com. 